You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 189. The title of today's show is Managing Success. And you know, this actually seems like an oxymoron. Does success need to be managed? I mean, that's what we're going for. That's the goal in our organizations and our personal lives. And, and, and we don't think about having to manage success, but I think as you'll see today, that's such an important thing if we're going to maintain that level of success. But I want to let you know before we get started that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. And I've gotten so many great comments and so much good feedback about this book. Um, Reflections on the Resurrection really gives us some some real insight into why the message of the resurrection was so important for the early church. You know, today, you know, Easter is when we we hear about the resurrection in most churches in the Western world, but in the early church, every message was about the resurrection. Every message contained references to the resurrection because the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was the most important event in history. And what what I've done in this book is, is I've created it to be apologetic. And what I mean by that is that it answers arguments that, that relate to the resurrection and help you to defend your faith. Um, it's informative. It's instructional. It's educational to help you uh, maybe learn some things you didn't know. But it's also devotional. It takes us really to the heart of of what the resurrection accomplished for us as Christians. So check out Reflections on the Resurrection. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can read a chapter or two for free on Amazon. And just uh, check it out. I really think it'll help you. I really think it'll love you'll, you'll love it. And it will definitely be an asset in your personal Bible study. Well, all right. Today we're talking about managing success. And I want to read... And I'm taking this out of the Acts of the Apostles. I recently taught a, a course on Acts, and we, we dealt with several themes, but one of the themes we dealt with was that of leadership. And, and pulling some of the leadership lessons out of Acts, I want to read um, just a couple of verses, and then we'll talk about it. And this is from Acts chapter 6. And, and uh, if you're not a Bible person, the Acts of the Apostles is just a, a, a history of the first 30 years of the early church. And There's just some great stuff in there that we can all use at whatever point in life we're in. This is from Acts chapter 6. It says, Now in those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose among the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve apostles summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching 
the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, and whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles. They prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great great number of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. So it says that in those days, when the disciples were increasing, this is in Christian language, we'd say they were having a revival. There's a lot of people converting to Christianity. There's a lot of people coming to Christ. But maybe you've seen this in your organization. When you're having incredible success, that's also when some problems start to appear. What we find is success exposes whatever cracks we may have in our foundation. Success will expose whether or not our systems are good enough to maintain the growth. Success will really cause some problems if we're not prepared to manage it. And so what we see in this passage of Scripture is we see the leaders of the early church, the the 12 apostles. These were the men who Jesus had hand-selected. We see them leading through this crisis and managing it so that success would continue. You know, what we see here, and, and the basis behind the story is there was a, a, a system in place to feed uh, the poor and those who were widows in the early church. That was something the church did. They, they took care of those who were less fortunate. But there was a group who was being neglected. And when you read the passage, it's, it's really not a a malicious thing. It was just a certain group of people were being neglected. Somehow they weren't receiving what they should have received. And so as numbers went up, as as success you know continued to, to, to come in, quality went down and complaining went up. And you know what's fascinating about this scripture is how the apostles handled it. Because, you know, in so many organizations, and, I, and I'm speaking primarily of churches here because that's the, the realm that I operate in so much. You know, the pastor, so many times the pastor loves to be the hero. The pastor likes to be the guy to solve all the problems. The pastor wants to be that guy who fixes everything. But, you know, the, the leaders here did not do that. They did not say, okay, we'll fix this problem. And and of all the problems you read about in the early church, this would have been a very easy one for the apostles to fix. I mean, there's 12 apostles. There's 12 months in the year. Each apostle could have assumed a month to oversee this um, endeavor to make sure nobody was neglected in the daily distribution of food. But they didn't do that. The apostles did not fix the problem. The apostles did not go looking for leaders to fix the problem. What they actually did was they turned it around onto the congregation 
and said, You find seven men, and they gave them some requirements, and you bring these seven men to us, and then we'll decide, we'll lay our hands on them, and we'll approve them for the work. How great is that? And the the leadership principles here are just brilliant. The apostles didn't try and accomplish everything. They turned it around and they pushed decision-making down lower into the organization. You know, that is such a key for, for continued growth in any business or nonprofit organization. You know, in the, the United States Marine Corps, they've, they've long been considered to be one of the premier Uh, leadership development organizations in the military, but not just in the military, really across um, all, any type of organization. They do a great job. I mean, when you look at what they do, it's not uncommon at all to have a 19 or 20-year-old corporal or a sergeant who's in his early 20s who's regularly making decisions that have international ramifications, And the reason for that is they push decision-making down lower and lower in the organization, and they teach these men and women how to make decisions. So that's what the apostles did here. They turned it around. They told the congregation. They said, you find people. You find these people. Bring them to us. These are the criteria, and then we will lay hands on them and appoint them to this job. Now I want you to look at, 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 at... the way that uh, they, they developed these leaders. I mean, they brought in people who were already doing something. I mean, it says that um, Stephen was a man who was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And we see that he actually, um, before he was martyred, not only was he doing this act of service as far as making sure people were being fed, but he was a, a very prominent preacher and teacher and, you know, really had a, had a powerful ministry. Philip, who's numbered with the seven here, became a very powerful and influential evangelist. So these people were, were very successful in their own right, but they were brought under the tutelage of the, the congregation, and then were, there was obviously some type of, of development process um, as the as they interacted with the apostles, it could have been by example. Maybe the apostles appointed other people to help them, uh, to train them. But there's clearly some type of developmental process because we see um, some of these men rising up to other prominent positions. And just a few thoughts on on developing leaders in your organization. You know, something that's so important, and we see it here, is is just having uh, belief in the people that we want to do a job. You know, encouraging them, telling them that you believe in them. You know, in our society, there's just such a lack of, of positivity. There's such a lack of, of encouragement. Um, so many leaders want to hold back from giving encouragement because we don't want to swell up their heads. But let me tell you something, leaders. Swell up their heads. Encourage them. Tell them you believe in them. And do it in front of other people. There's nothing greater that we can do for our people than to praise them in front of their peers. <coughs> Excuse me. Another thing they did was they released. Um, we have to release and give trust and authority. And that's what the apostles did here. Um, you know, there's this, 
this fear sometimes that if if I let go of, of authority and give it to somebody else that it might be misused or uh, maybe I'm just insecure and I don't want somebody else doing my job. There's a lot of reasons for it. But we've got to give trust and we've got to give authority. Just telling somebody to do a task, I mean, that's great if all you want to do is create followers. But if you want to create other leaders, and obviously out of these seven, like we said, at least two of them um, were very prominent in other roles in the early church, we've got to give them authority. We've got to let them know that we trust them. We've got to release them. That doesn't mean we don't check up on what they're doing. That doesn't mean we don't evaluate. That doesn't mean we don't coach. But ultimately, we have to give authority and trust them to do the job that we've given to them. And then there's also a relationship. There has to be a relationship, both informal and formal. And, you know, here, the seven people, the seven men that are pulled out, came out of the congregation. So there's clearly a relationship there. And we always, always want to default to relationship. You know, one of the great things about the, the, the group of churches that I'm connected with, C3 Church, there's probably pushing close to 600 now around the world, but one of the great things that you see in so many C3 churches is we really believe in developing leaders from within. Very seldom, and I'm sure it happens sometimes, but I, I just don't know of many occasions where a C3 church will go hire a leader from the outside. Usually it's somebody that's been raised up from within to, to, fulfill, to fulfill a position. So relationship is so important because in relationship we have mentoring, we have coaching. And, you know, we think of, 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 of developing leaders. You know, we think of um, obviously competence and we think of character. Those things are so important, but also chemistry. Chemistry is vital in developing other leaders. We want to have people that have the right chemistry. I mean, they can be talented, they can be competent, they can even have good character, but if we don't have good chemistry with them, if we don't want to be around them, then we're going to have problems as we move down the road. Another thing that we want to do in, in developing our, our, our team and in recruiting people and in managing success, we want to give good feedback. And we want to tell people up front, you know, these seven guys, I'm sure the apostles said, look, this is your job. Um, you know, you do it. We'll be giving you feedback if, if, if we see anything that needs to be adjusted. And we let people know up front that feedback is going to be given. And it's going to push them to get better. You know, we don't just go around looking for things to criticize. We want to coach and mentor and we want to help people get better. That's our goal as leaders is not just develop followers, but to develop other leaders. And, you know, we've got to give our people opportunities to lead. You know, there's nothing worse than when you have talented people that are just sitting on the sidelines doing menial tasks that aren't challenging them. And look, I understand there are times in every organization when we just have to get jobs done. We just have to get work done. We have to get tasks done. But, you know, if you've got talent, talented people sitting on the sidelines that are just twiddling their thumbs and you talk to them and it's obvious that they're bored. You know what? If you don't figure out a way to challenge them and to harness their gifts and to harness their passion, you're going to lose them. They're going to go somewhere else where they can 
use those gifts and talents. And that's the last thing you want to do. When you've got somebody that's talented and uh, committed and passionate, figure out a way to use their talents and gifts. And then the last thing we'll mention this is we get ready to wrap up. You know, this group of men, these seven men in the early church who were appointed to this fairly menial task, what we find out later in the New Testament was this was the the first group of what we would call today, if you're a church person, deacons. Deacons in churches today, um, you know, have a variety of roles. In some cases, they have, you know, significant leadership roles. But in the early church, deacons really formed the backbone of the service ministry of the church. In today's terms, these would be the guys who were passing things out during the service, taking up the offering, making sure things were accomplished um, and taken care of to make sure the church service ran smoothly. That's what they did. That was their function. And, you know, what's interesting here is they're not given a title. They're just given a job. And I think sometimes as leaders, we're very quick to give people a title before they've proven that they can handle the task. We give them a title, but we're not sure that they're able to accomplish the task that we've given them. I think we need to flip that around. Give them a task. See how well they perform the task. And if they do it well, give them another one and another one. And eventually, you might even want to give them a title. But show that they can do the task. Let them show you that they can do the task before you give them a title. So this story in Acts is pivotal because... What we see is, is, is this could have been one of those things that brought um, you know, serious conflict in the early church. But because of the leadership, because of the way the leadership team handled it, it just p- created a catalyst for further growth. And you know, over and over again in the New Testament, they run into challenges, but how those leaders dealt with it, really, instead of holding them back, it opened the door for further growth. And hopefully we can learn from that so that when we, we run into those challenges, when we have to manage our success, instead of shutting the door on success, we'll throw it wide open and continue to manage it. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What has been your experience in managing success? Let me know. Go to davidspell.com. And uh, leave a question or comment at the comment section of today's post. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Don't forget to check out my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. I know you will love it. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue managing your success. 